Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and yes, I am back this week. Um, a little bit of an unexpected uh, occurrence happened, and so I was unable to make a show last week, and I apologize for that, but I am back. Um, today's topic is going to be uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, I've talked about it in passing regarding other illnesses that I've you know, done a research project on. Um, but today we're actually going to dig into the syndrome and, and see exactly what it is. Um, before we get started, I would like to remind everybody that this show is live. It is Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As always, I do have my Zoom up if you'd like to chat with me. The meeting ID is 465-172-882. So if you'd like to call in, the phone number for that is 1-646-558-8656. That's a number through New York, so your long-distance charges may apply. So let's get started with today's topic. It's quite lengthy, so we may break this into two segments depending on how this goes. So um, Guillain Bars, um Guillain-Barre syndrome occurs when the body's own immune system starts attacking the nervous system. It is estimated that 3,000 3, to 6,000 people um, develop GBS per year in the United States. Although these sound like large numbers, GBS is rare um, compared to other disorders. People, de uh, people can develop GBS after an illness such as the flu, a lung, or sinus infection. Recently, it, is, it has been discovered that people recovering from COVID-19 are at risk for developing GBS, which if you think about it, that makes sense. If you're looking at a disease, you know, similar to the flu or the respiratory diseases, if those folks are at a high risk for GBS, then COVID-19 would definitely fit into that category being a respiratory disease. So what is... Uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Anyway, um, as mentioned previously, GBS occurs when the body's own immune system attacks the, their, the nervous system. So because of this, GBS causes muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. GBS can occur in the days and weeks after recovering from certain illnesses, again, um, flus, um, lung issues, that sort of thing. While this is while it is possible to contract GBS after getting a vaccination, the CDC notes that this is rare. Again, um, 
it has been known to happen after someone gets like a flu vaccination, um, but it is very rare to get to get GBS due to the vaccination. Um, more on that um, vaccinations and GBS. So it was found in 1976. There was a small increased risk of GBS after swine flu vaccination, which was a special flu vaccine for a potential pandemic strain of the flu virus. The National Academy of Medicine, formerly known as the Institute of Medicine, conducted a scientific review of this issue in 2003 and found that people who received the 1976 swine flu vaccine had an increased risk for developing GBS. The increased risk was approximately one additional case of GBS for every 100,000 people who got the swine flu vaccine. Scientists have several theories about the cause, but the exact reason for this link is re remains unknown. The CDC continues to monitor the rate at which people develop GBS after having the vaccination. It is still more common to get GBS after having the flu itself rather than having been vaccinated. So people over 50 are at most risk for developing this syndrome. So what about the symptoms of Guillain-Barre uh, syndrome? Uh, there are quite a few uh, symptoms here that you need to look out for if you think you have this disease. So especially in the United States, GBS starts with tingling, pins and needles sensation in the hands and feet, which spreads upward throughout the rest of the body. Um, other forms of GBS are more common in other countries. I'll talk about that a little bit in a minute here. So other symptoms that include weakness in the legs, which spreads to the upper body, unsteady or an inability to walk and climb stairs, difficulty with facial movements, including speaking, chewing, or swallowing, double vision or inability to move your eyes, severe pain, which may feel like an ache, shooting, or cramping, especially at night, difficulty with bladder and bowel control, rapid heart rate, low or high blood pressure, um, having difficulty with that, um, which all again, all of these symptoms make sense when you look at the syndrome and the fact that it, it tends to attack nerves that um, send signals from your brain to your muscles. All of these, um, all of these conditions have something to do with how your muscles respond, eating and chewing. That's, that's a function of your brain talking to your muscles. And so if that's disrupted, um, it makes sense that, you know, um, difficulties would occur. So I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to hear about what is going on in, uh, for NHEG in 2020. And I will be back shortly with the rest of our discussion on GBS. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. 
Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. My name is Erica Hansen. We've been talking about uh, the Guillain-Barre syndrome. And in the first segment, I talked about what this syndrome was, um, how it affected the nerves, and some of the symptoms you may get uh, from acquiring, you know, contracting GBS. So let's continue um, with more um, information on this syndrome. So um, people who develop GBS are usually feel, they usually feel the weakest two weeks after symptoms begin. Um, this is a disease, by the way, that often involves hospitalization um, due to the fact that, of course, the GBS affects your muscles and therefore you have breathing issues, that sort of thing. Um, and that may require the assistance of something like a ventilator. Um, <clears throat> so GBS was originally thought to be one syndrome, and that's it. Um, scientists have now found out that actually GPS has um, a few sub um, subcategories. I guess is how is how I would you know talk about it. And each subcategory is slightly different, and some of the set uh, some of the subcategories also are more well known around the world than here in the U.S. So let's go through them here. The first subcategory is acute inflammatory demyelinating polyradiculoneuropathy. Wow, see that? Uh, five times fast. Uh, more commonly known as AIDP. It's the most common form in North America and Europe. The most common sign of AIDP is muscle weakness that starts in the lower part of your body and spreads upward. Again, this is the form that's found most commonly in the U.S. Um, Miller-Fisher syndrome, MFS, um, in which paralysis starts in the eyes. MFS also is also associated with unsteady gait. Um, again, this version of GBS is less common in the United States, but it's more common in Asia. Um, acute motor axonal neuropathy, AMAN, and acute motor sensory axonal neuropathy, AMSAN, are less common in the U.S., again, uh, but they are more frequent in China, Japan, and Mexico. So those are the three subtypes of GBS. Um, so uh, the exact cause of GBS is unknown. In AIDP, the most common form of G GBS in the United States, as I mentioned, your own immune system attacks the nerves myelin sheath. So myelin sheath is a layer that protects the actual nerve from damage. The um, the immune system actually attacks that you know protective layer around the nerve and frays frays the um, frays that myelin away. Uh, think of um, you know when you are plugging in a power cord, that top layer of plastic that protects the actual wire within there, that is similar to what we have in our own bodies. Um, and in this case with GBS, that layer is basically destroyed. 
Um, <clears throat> so, and when that happens, the nerve is unable to send signals to the brain. The brain is unable to send signals back to the nerves, which causes the paralysis we're talking about here. I'm going to take another quick break so we can hear a message from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School, and then we'll talk about risk factors for GPS. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each, or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. As I mentioned previously, we are talking about Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, which occurs when the nerves are attacked by the a person's own immune system. So I went over what it was and what some of the symptoms were in the last two segments. If you, if you missed those, this episode will be up on the NHEG website, so you can catch it there. Um, but now I'm going to talk about risk factors, who is more likely to contract GBS, um, and, you know, how. So most commonly, infection um, with Campylobacter, which I you don't have to remember that name, uh, but it's a type of bac bacteria often found in undercooked poultry. Um, so basically, if you undercook your chicken, there's a type of bacteria that can call, cause um, this syndrome within it. So be sure to cook your cook your food at the correct temperature. Um, <clears throat> So it can also be caused as a result of the influenza virus. Um, a few other viruses, including Zika virus. Also hepatitis A, B, C, and E, um, which I didn't know there was an E. That's interesting. Um, can also have sort of a side effect of GBS. Um, Mycoplasma pneumonia. Um, you can get GBS sometimes after surgery or other traumas. People with Hodgkin's lymphoma are at risk. Um, rarely, again, like I mentioned, vaccines for influenza or childhood vaccinations. And again, most recently, they're discovering, discovering that COVID-19 people that have recovered from that illness are at risk for getting GBS. Um, <clears throat> So here's some complications if you do get GBS, and they're pretty typical of what we've been talking about, and they make sense when you consider what, you know, what the syndrome does by attacking the nerves. So it causes breathing problems. Paralysis may spread to the lung muscles. 22% of people hospitalized with GBS need temporary assistance breathing via ventilator within the first week. So, um, again, that's 22% of people who have this disorder or syndrome. They do end up needing ventilator assistance to breathe. Um, 
Also, a side effect is residual numbness or tingling. Most people recover fully from GBS, but some do have residual numbness or tingling in their bodies left over from the, from the syndrome. Um, heart and blood pressure issues. Irregular heartbeat and blood pressure can be side effects of GBS. And there are a few others out there. Um, I'll leave some links in the show notes and you can, you know, go over them yourself. Um, the heart and blood pressure, I would imagine, has to do with the fact that, that the heart is a muscle. So if you have the nerves in that muscle disrupted, you would, you know, you know, um, you would come up with cardiac issues, um, which in turn causes blood pressure issues. Um, so diagnosis and treatment, how do doctors diagnose the syndrome and what do they do to treat it? So there are a few, um, procedures that doctors do in order to diagnose GBS. Um, the first one is a spinal tap, um, there's an, also a nerve conduction study, and there's a few other nerve um, nerve tests that people do. Um, the nerve conduction studies they put um, electrodes on you, and then they record you know the activity of your nerves. Um, I have had one of those done for another issue. Um, it's it's not that bad. Um, it's mostly annoying because you have to stay still, very still for a very long time. Um, so plasma exchange, um, is how they treat GBS. So this is the liquid portion of part of your blood. The plasma is removed and separated from your blood cells. Um, this is the person's own blood. The blood cells are then put back into the body. Um, and the plasma section is um, cleaned out basically while your while your blood cells make more plasma to make up for what was removed. Um, it works by ridding plasma of certain antibodies that contribute to the immune system's attack on the peripheral nerves. Um, immunoglobulin therapy is another way. Um, this contains healthy antibodies from blood donors given through a vein intravenously. High doses of immunoglobulin can block the damaging antibodies that might contribute to GPS syndrome. Um, so basically it's, it's a lot of, um, plasma, you know, plasma donations help with GPS, that sort of thing. Um, these treatments are equally effective. So between these two, you know, n no one is, is greater than another. No one is more effective than another. Uh, mixing them or administering one after the other is no more effective than using either method alone. So again, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll have a sh little short a commercial and I will be right back to finish this up on GBS syndrome. Hello listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new 
heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. We have been talking about um, Guillain-Barre syndrome and its effects on the body, the treatments for it, and um, how it progresses through the body. So to wrap up this topic, um, here are a few statistics. Um, People with GBS usually need physical therapy during and after recovery. So um, when you're in the hospital, the nurses and techs will, you know, manipulate your arms, your legs, they'll turn you over. This is because the paralysis can, um, they're trying to, you know, shorten the paralysis. And also they are trying to prevent you from having bed sores, basically. So... Among adults recovering from GBS syndrome, about 80% can walk independently six months after diagnosis. Um, about 60% fully recover motor strength one year after diagnosis. About 5% to 10% have very delayed and incomplete recovery. A note here um, that these stat- statistics are the um, average rate of recovery. Um, Sometimes recovering from this disorder can last up to three years. Um, So um, a note on children. Um, It seems that children do recover faster from uh, GBS. They can get it. Again, it's rare in children, um, but they seem to have a higher recovery rate, um, possibly because they're children and um, their nerves are still growing. So Perhaps they're able to replace the damaged nerves much quicker um, than in an adult individual. Um, So again, I have some resources regarding this uh, syndrome. If you'd like to check them out, I will put them in the show notes. Um, I hope you enjoyed this topic. I thought it was very fascinating. I was not aware that this syndrome was this involved and this detailed. Um, Again, uh, it is rare. So even though it sounds pretty scary, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, You know, be aware. But of course, talk to your doctor if you think you have any of these symptoms. Um, And... That's it for today. I'll be back with you next week with a new topic at on the NAGG podcast. Have a great week, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.